You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up and good morning, War Report family. It's your man, Ike Jones, right here back in the saddle with you guys. Today, we're talking about Cam Stutz. Is he in the driver's seat to be the starting guard for Auburn University this fall? We're going to do a a little talk about it this morning. Y'all know how we do War Report style. Let's drop it on them. Morning drop once again back in the saddle. You got Ike Jones sponsored by RogueShop.com. We are here. The War Reports morning drop. You guys, welcome in. It is a Wednesday. Day's just going by too fast for you guy, man. But I am glad to be back here running solo this morning right here on the morning drop. And, um, man, we want to just talk about Cam Stutz, the surprise. I think I don't know that anybody predicted Cam Stutz as being the guy, being the third person on the list uh, as far as people that were going to be participants at SEC Media Days. And it surprised me. But uh, I've heard Cam Stutz speak. Definitely a senior member of this team has a lot of snaps under his belt. But the question is, is his presence at SEC Media Days indicative of the fact that he could potentially be a starter this fall for Auburn University. I definitely want to hear your thoughts about it. I'm going to give my thoughts on it. First and foremost, I know it's definitely way too early to even have the conversation about who's going to be a starter at a position that I feel like there's going to be a lot of competition. Uh, Make no mistakes about it. There are some viable candidates to come in here and get starting snaps. But is Cameron Stutz one of those guys that could potentially do that? What are your thoughts on Cam Stutz? Is he a guy that should be starting for Auburn right now? Is he in the driver's seat? Not saying will he definitely start in the fall, but is he? Is it his job to lose there for the starting guard position? Is he in the driver's seat to start this fall for Auburn? I want to hear your thoughts on it. Um, let's just t- take a look at the numbers, right? So you know we got we we over here want to look at uh, pro football focus and use that as kind of a universal way to to do metrics. Cameron Stutz here. Last year, overall, his offensive grade at guard, he played 520 total snaps. He was rated as 61.4, which is kind of um, not bad, but it's not great, right? And he had his best performances really against the lesser competition when you look at uh, how where his best grades came from. I specifically want to look at the pass blocking grades, right? Like the, gra- the, the, the games where he graded out the worst, Penn State's, Arkansas and Alabama, those were colossal beatdowns for Auburn, and uh, he didn't do so great pass blocking in any of those games. Uh, Run blocking grades were solid throughout the season. The lowest graded games were Penn State and Alabama. Again, uh, those two games did not perform particularly well in those, according to PFF. Uh, Was not heavily penalized last year, had five penalties total on the season, um, but did have a, a, a few of those. So, his best grades in overall in his career at Auburn, uh, his best overall year as far as a grade overall would have been in 2019. Uh, that would have been his sophomore season. He only had 16 snaps that season, so not a really large sample size. Um, but he played primarily when he played well. It was at the right guard position. Uh, so that means uh, it's going to be interesting, right? Because I think that Jeremiah Wright is a guy that could be a factor in this race. He was injured a lot during the spring, so I don't know that this staff has had a really 
a, a good chance to evaluate him totally. He did not play in a day this year because of that injury. And I think that's probably, you know, if we're being honest, the biggest issue with Jeremiah Wright is not the fact that he's been bouncing around between the defense and the offense. It's the fact that he's been oft injured in his career at Auburn. And is that going to play a factor into what as to whether or not he's going to be a starter for this team and get enough uh, time to be able to get acclimated to this system and kind of understand what the coaches need and get him a chance to give an impression for these coaches. You can say the same thing for Tate Johnson as a guy who was injured last season. That's he started at the center, right? He was really supposed to be an interior lineman guard, uh, but he started last year at center uh, with the departure of um, the the starting center from last season, Nick Brom, Nick, last season, excuse me, Nick Brahms, who was supposed to be coming back, but then just kind of had the whole situation where his uh, career essentially was going to be over because of a lot of the things that were happening with him physically. Tate Johnson comes in, starts the season at center, but then gets injured early in the season, doesn't come back, has the elbow injury going into the spring, still not fully healthy, again, gets injured. So are the injury concerns going to be a problem for both of those guys at the two guard spots who I thought really, really had the inside track on, on garnering one of those? You heard the early comments from Coach Hugh Freeze about the leadership that Tate Johnson had started to really develop in that offseason with them. And he was displaying a lot of that leadership in the locker room coming into that season. So it, it naturally felt like Tate Johnson really had the inside track. I saw what Jeremiah Wright did on the field at the end of the season. I saw the passion that he brings to the position. And I thought, man, he was an engine that really got that run game going when he started to get his reps in Mississippi State and subsequently going in forward into Ole Miss where the run game started to pick up. Now, I do realize that a lot, well, excuse me, reverse that was at Ole Miss and then going into Mississippi State. I do realize a lot of that had to do with the fact that Robbie Ashford was the quarterback at that point in time, a little bit more acclimated to the system that they started to cater towards his ability to run. But you just saw the tenacity that he brought to that offensive line when he started to get his opportunity in those games. And it felt as if he was on the inside track for that. But again, injuries kind of derail both of those situations with both Tate Johnson and uh, with Jeremiah Wright. Cam Stutz, on the other hand, is a guy who got a lot of snaps for the most of the season, right? He was in there during those tough times. Uh, as you saw the games, you know, like Texas A&M was, uh, I think the game I'm looking here at his PFF stuff from last year, was the game where he had the best overall rating. Uh, and we did do a pretty good job running the ball during that game. Cam Stutz had some good games towards the tail end of the season. That entire offensive line kind of revitalized itself um, with a, a little bit of the shuffling of the deck. Um, again, with a guy like Jeremiah Wright sliding in there. But the question still remains, is Cam Stutz ready in this now his fifth year as a senior on this offensive line to not only be a leader in the locker room and a leader in seniority, but a leader on the field on that offensive line that's going to be starting probably if Cam Stutz, let's just say Cam Stutz is a starter. We're likely going to be starting two new guys at tackles, right? So the tackles will be new. Got experience at tackle, but nothing here at Auburn and nothing here in the SEC. Cam Stutz would be the only incumbent SEC starter on that squad because your center is likely going to be. I, I don't think that Jaleel Irvin right now has the inside um, inside route on that uh, center position. I do think that it's going to be an Avery Jones situation there at center. Uh, so the question is the guards, right? Are you going to slide uh, the young man from Western Kentucky, Gunnar Britton, in there to be a guard? Or is he going to keep a tackle spot? Do you get Jaden Muskrat and slide him inside to a guard position? Or is he going to remain at, at the two deep there at the tackle? Um, and then you have your guards uh, that are going to be fighting it out between Cam Stutz, 
take Johnson and Jeremiah Wright there. Cam Stutz, again, played the vast majority of his good snaps at the right guard position. So would he be battling it out with someone there? And the question I have to ask myself that I ask at the beginning of this, is the selection to SEC Media Days a tip of the hat in that direction that he has the inside track on that? Connor Lou, another person I haven't mentioned there as the true freshman, is he going to start a true freshman to begin the season or is it going to be a thing where they're going to be getting him in if somebody doesn't perform well? I don't know the answer to any of those questions specifically right now, but I do want to answer the question in my own opinion. I heard Mike G and B. Will talk about this a little bit yesterday. And in my own opinion, I do think that this kind of indicates that he's in the driver's seat right now. I, I think the same thing there for uh, Elijah out there on the outside as to whether or not he's leading for starting, you know, it's it, at least in the two deep at the jack position, that's going to be a rotational uh, place. But I think that the experience that he brings to that position and his leadership on the field is going to be something that's going to be important uh, for that. But I think that comes Cam Stutz probably has the inside track on that. And the question is, you know, what does that indicate about where everybody else is on the offensive line based upon what we know about Cam Stutz right now? Heard good things about what he's been doing during the offseason as far as his preparation and how he's coming along. But where does that mean that our offensive line is as a unit? That's health wise, right? Because we do know that health has been a concern. I've detailed those situations with the other guards that are on the team. And then from an experience standpoint with some of the younger guys that are coming in, you know, I haven't mentioned guys like Brayton Joyner, who are uh, true freshmen that are going to be playing interior offensive line. So there are guys that are, are available there for the interior offensive line that just haven't had any snaps of experience. It's going to be interesting to see how coach freeze and a, uh, Offensive line coach uh, Jake Thornton handle that offensive line room, specifically considering that we do have that early game against a team in UMass that, let's not kid ourselves, should not be able to compete with Auburn early in the season. If they do, that does not bode well for what we feel like Auburn can do down the back uh, half of the season. But UMass shouldn't be competitive in that game. Auburn should be at least physically, from a standpoint of athleticism and, and physicality, able to dominate that game. Do we get an opportunity to see some of those younger guys in there? And is it going to be truly a competition even going into the season? Right. We know there's going to be a competition this fall. I think there's going to be competition at literally every position, especially considering what we don't know about the Jarquez Hunter situation. I think that that every Every room right now is competitive and there are very few spots that are guaranteed to anyone as far as number one on the depth chart when we get into two deep uh, rotations and charts that are going to be coming out uh, close to the end of the fall when we start seeing those come out. I don't think that there are there are very few people I think that are guaranteed to be the number one in any of those spots. The question you still have to ask yourself is how long into the season is that competition going to continue to linger? And are there going to be people who we have locked up and saying, this is the guy? I think that you need to have that along your offensive line. Someone who you have as a cemented, solidified starter and absent of injury, that person should start every single game for you that season. And that's the way that you build continuity along your offensive line as the season progresses. If you're still shuffling the deck like we were often last season, some due to injury, some due to performance, then I don't think that that bodes well for your ability to play well towards the end of the season because that continuity is important when you start talking about your offensive line. Drive!
War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from The War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. Anyway, I've done a left rambling about myself here. I do want to hear your thoughts on this. Uh, we're going to head to the comment section and hear what you guys have been talking about this morning or see what you all have been talking about this morning in terms of the offensive line. Uh, let's back it up here and see what we got. A lot of good mornings coming in here. What else do we got here? James Barnett jumps in, says, is it possible that Freeze got input from the team almost uh, like when they vote for team captains? It is definitely possible that he got input from the team. Listen, uh, what I do know about a lot of these athletes is some of them don't want to go up there and talk in front of cameras. Right. And it's, it's sometimes it's like, you know, it's almost a recruiting pitch to get guys to decide they want to be out there and talking in front of the media. And some guys just don't want to do that. So you have a small pool of people who actually don't mind doing it. And then you get you shrink that pool even more to people who you feel like are going to be good representatives. I will say this first and foremost, and I should have said, stated this uh, uh, at the beginning. Definite congrats to Cam Stutz for being called upon to do this. I do think that he's a great representative of Auburn football team and Auburn University as a whole. He has stuck through a lot of change. And he made a decision to come back for his uh, senior season, not knowing if he was going to be the starter and deciding he was going to fight it out for a spot, um, regardless of the fact that he could have transferred somewhere else and gone to, quote unquote, greener pastures as far as his ability to guarantee himself some playing time. And he decided to stay here at Auburn. I think that there is uh, something to be said about that for a guy that has made that type of decision. And he's Auburn through and through. And it's just decided this is the place that he wants to finish his playing career. So uh, it, it could be a reward for that level of loyalty. And again, he's he's well-spoken and a good representative. He hasn't been in any trouble or anything since he's been here at, at school. Um, so I think there's a, a combination of those things. But do, yeah, I do think that it's possible that it was part of the situation to say, hey, teammates feel like he's a good representative of us. Let him get up there and not send someone who is uh, who hasn't been at the school very long. You've already got Elijah McAllister, who's going to be a transfer. Let's send one of the incumbent guys from the team over there as well to represent us on the offensive line. Corey Weber says, uh, jumps in and says, need the five best linemen on the field. In my opinion, that would be Wright and Muskrat at guard. Interesting there. Uh, you know, Jaden Muskrat, I haven't looked at what his snap counts have been. Uh, but I do know at Tulsa, he played a lot of tackle. Um, so I can go back and take a look at how much he's played guard. Uh, but, you know, listen, 
the five best linemen at each of those positions is definitely going to be preferable. Um, I think it's going to be an intense battle going into the season and seeing, you know, during fall camp, who is going to be that combination of five. I think this is going to be one of the tougher things that Jake Thornton's going to have to figure out. To be honest, I think he has um, one of the tougher jobs, not just figuring out who the best five are, but where do they fit best along the line? And there's not a lot of practices to be able to figure that sort of thing out as you get guys in there um, and and fill them in at spaces and get them rotated and say, okay, you here here at right guard. Okay, no, we're going to flip you over to left guard. Okay, I feel like he's better at left guard, but is he the best guy at left guard? Let's get somebody else in there at left guard. And then starting to figure out what that pecking order is going to be. Going to be interesting to see how they parse that out during the season. Jake Thornton, not his first rodeo, so uh, we'll see how he's able to put that together. Uh, Ant Robinson jumps in and says it depends if Tate or Wright isn't. I feel like those two are the guards. So echoing a little bit of what uh, Corey said, except a, a change there with Tate Johnson being the guy that he likes at the other guard. Uh, Chris S. asked a really good question. How do our incoming guys PFF numbers look versus lesser uh, times uh, or, or higher competition? So um, looking at the difference between how they played against their better competition, power five guys. Uh, how do their PFF numbers look? I will be able to answer this question specifically. I've already put these numbers together as we get into our uh, room breakdown. So we are going to look at how our offensive linemen compared uh, in pro football focus. I'm going to look at every last one of them. We're going to have an exhaustive look at the offensive line coming up here soon after SEC media days. We'll get into our room breakdowns. So I'm going to put a pin in that. We are going to look at those things very specifically. Don't worry, Chris. I got you. And I do have some film coming up on some of this stuff, too. So stay tuned for that. More offensive line film coming. 94 AU alum says, I don't it doesn't necessarily mean he starts. He's a good representative of Auburn for media days. I'll have to agree that I don't think that this means that he definitely starts. I will say that I think that that means that he has the inside track, though. I think that he might be in the driver's seat if they were. And this is the question that you have to ask. Like nobody can predict the future. But the question you have to ask yourself when you start looking at all of these things is, if we were to play a game Saturday, who do you think would start? And I think that this nod indicates that Cam Stutz, if we were to play a game Saturday, if UMass was coming up this coming Saturday, I think Cam Stutz would be the starter if they had to put out a starting uh, lineup today. Uh, does that mean he's going to start against UMass first game this fall? Absolutely does not. There's still a lot of competition left to be had for that. Uh, Lee Carter jumps in and says, Wright is my guy. I feel like he gets healthy and he'll win his spot back. I like Jeremiah Wright a lot. I've been on record as saying I think that he's one of the more crucial pieces to the nasty necessary for an offensive line to be the kind of offensive line that can dominate in the SEC. Big fan of him. Um, looking forward to seeing what he's able to do when he is fully healthy. Hopefully he's going to be able to do that. Uh, Corey Weber jumps back in and says he thinks that Connor Liu is a dark horse starter at guard. He's put on size and he's mean as hell. He's got a little bit of that nasty in him. Listen, he's had it in high school. Nasty is something that you really can't teach. You can teach physicality. You can teach pad level and you can teach uh, guys how to get stronger and better technique. But you can't really teach nasty, man. You kind of either have that or you don't. Connor Liu has that in spades. Looking forward to seeing what he's going to be able to do. Uh, Pete Pass jumps in and says, "Is Wright healthy? Wondering if this possible Brahms two point. If this is a possible Brahms two point oh, another version of Nick Brahms. Uh, Nick Brahms wasn't um, 
you know, ready to play last year. I, I mean, he he was oft injured, but often playing, though. Um, so I don't know. Uh, Jeremiah Wright is a guy that has struggled with injuries. Let's be clear throughout his uh, collegiate career. I, I don't know where he sits right now. I can definitely f- try to find out for you guys what we have. They, you know, they don't do a lot of injury report type of stuff during summer workouts. So um, I can check and see how much he's been working out, that sort of thing. He, again, he wasn't healthy to end the spring. I don't know where he sits right now this summer, as far as his health is concerned. Haley jumps in and says, I feel like if a true freshman is starting at a position, we have issues with that position. Definitely never what you want to be doing. I don't know that I agree that you necessarily have issues if a true freshman is starting. It could just be ready to play, right? You could be really good and start as a true freshman and, and decide. This is a this is a really kind of a, a coaching decision, especially with offensive line being such a developmental position. And it's really hard to develop at that position without getting reps. Um, with the way that our season starts out with UMass, Cal, and Samford, that could be a good opportunity to get a freshman in there and starting and getting acclimated to the game speed, even though it's not SEC game speed, just being able to play and understand side by side with people during the heat of the game, get a little bit of that, you know, cobwebs out or whatever, the nerves, blah, 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 that freshmen are inevitably going to get playing at this next level, especially going on the road to Cal early. But if you feel like the guy's talented enough, trial by fire sometimes is the best way specifically for offensive linemen to get them out there. Now, um, to kind of agree with you a little bit, because we have starters, or excuse me, we have incumbent guys coming in that have had starting um, reps at the Power 5 level or at least at the collegiate level, when you talk about guys like Avery Johnson, when you do talk about the P5 level or even the SEC level with Tate Johnson, um, Avery Jones, excuse me, Tate Johnson and Jeremiah Wright, uh, Gunner Britton Wright, um, Jade Muskrat, all these guys have played at the collegiate level, some of them at the SEC level, um, specifically here at Auburn. Um, you know, Avery Jones played at North Carolina before transferring to East Carolina. So, He has been in the Power 5 environment as well prior to coming to Auburn. So it's going to be interesting to see where it happens. So I do think that it's a mixed bag as to whether or not that's an indicator of good or bad. If we have a lot of freshmen starting, one guy starting, I don't think it's a big deal. Two or three of them, I think you have a little bit more of a problem there. Um, I think it's going to be helpful that we have a quarterback who has had some starting experience um, to be able to be behind that line, whether that is Robbie Ashford or Peyton Thorne. Both of them have had starting experience. So an experienced quarterback may be a little bit more helpful to a younger offensive line, but I don't think it's so bad if it's only one of those guys. Jordan Martin says, would be surprised if Cam starts. I think him going to media days is strictly uh, the leadership and a good representative for Auburn. I would not be surprised. Again, I've already stated this. I would not be surprised if he started if we were doing that decision today. Um, But a lot of time left to make that decision. Eric Montgomery says maybe the coaching staff is starting with a clean slate and giving all players an opportunity to create their path on playing time. I think this is absolutely the way you have to do it. You can't come in with preconceived notions. You can look at the tape and the tape can tell you one thing. But what you don't know definitively from the tape from some of these other guys is how they're going to play in the SEC. You absolutely know what Cam Stutz is going to bring you thus far in the SEC. And you could decide, hey, man, what he was doing out there was a result of scheme and not really being placed in the right kind of positions to do the things that he does really well. And you can say, hey, fresh slate, let's start from, you know, zero, and we're just going to let you go out there and battle it. And again, I did hear that he was doing good things during the spring. So if he had a good spring, 
it is an opportunity for him to come in with his seniority and playing experience to potentially jump up there into that too deep and get some starting experience. Let's see. Chris S. jumps in and says, special freshmen are few and far between. More likely than not, it's not a good sign if your roster has freshmen as your best option. Again, I'll agree with you. They are few and far between. But I, I don't agree that it's not a good sign if that freshman is starting is specifically with how our season starts. So uh, we'll see where that goes. But uh, agree and disagree a little bit of both on that one. Uh, let's see what else we got in here. Uh, Riley M jumps in and says, I think he's got a good shot, but I think he's definitely picked the I won't say anything. Uh, I picked the I won't say anything crazy to embarrass the program group. Got to agree with this. And I think that this is the best way to do this. Um, you know, um, you don't want somebody going up there saying something crazy at SEC media days. You want guys that are going to be confident, but they're going to, you know, stick to the messaging of what they need to be saying uh, that have a little maturity about them. So when they are asked questions potentially by media members that want to get you to get some sort of, uh, you know, bulletin board material, some crazy soundbite, you're going to have the guys that are less likely to do that. I think that's the way that you want uh, it to be. Uh, for your especially when you're a coach that's coming in new to the uh, program right first year back and coming in under this ridiculous cloud that exists right now with Hugh Freeze you want to just listen let's get through the first SEC media days with as little drama as possible so um, hopefully we can do that and just get out of there unscathed and come back in and get back home and get back to work without having to deal with a bunch of extra stuff. Um, Haley jumps back in and says, we have well-documented issues at O-line. I think um, that's why we think Connor Liu might start. This is this is um, definitely one of those things where you've, in, in your mind, the offensive line hasn't been good. So let's just not start any of those guys going into next season because they couldn't possibly have gotten that much better during the offseason. Listen, the offensive line as a unit was bad. But there were some bright spots. Now, again, I don't know that Cam Stutz was necessarily a bright spot. He had bright moments. Um, if he can string more of those bright moments together, then I think he is a guy uh, that is going to be physically he's ready. We know that. Mentally, I think he's good. He, we just need to get him into you know a system that I think works well for what his physicality dictates. Um, but I, I wouldn't count him out in this race. But you know, we're going to let the, the coaches determine that for sure. Definitely nobody's looking at the morning drop when, and hearing Ike Jones talk about offensive line and saying to themselves, oh, he has a good point. Uh, maybe we're going to reevaluate that. I doubt Jake Thornton is sitting here w wondering what I feel about his offensive line decisions. Um, but, you know, I'm still in here talking about it, so I'm going to continue to do that. But I do think that it is part of the fan narrative to say, these guys weren't that good before. What makes us think they're going to be good this year coming up? We need to just get a fresh start. And that's why people put a young guy who has a lot of potential in there in Connor Lou as having uh, the possibility of starting when you weigh in what the guys before him have done. Um, and it's not a bad thing to think about. Uh, but I do think that, you know, a guy like Cam Stutz could potentially jump in and pay some dividends with his experience and having seen some things. But the question is whether or not he's going to be the starter day one or if he's going to be a serviceable backup who you know has experience, who you can get in there in case one of those newer guys doesn't pan out. That's another question that you'd have to ask yourself regarding all those things. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm out of here until later on tonight. Until then, and as always, War Eagle, peace.
drop. 